What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I am so excited for this podcast and to be bringing it to you every single week to be just talking about all the things that life has to offer us, right? I'm hoping that I can bring you some insights, some laughter, some amazing interviews with some awesome powerhouses who have let go of fear, who have totally stepped into themselves, who are living their best life so you can learn from them. I want to be talking to you every single week as well about different things that are going on in my life as a self-love coach, as a mom, as a woman, as someone who is dating and like the whole dating scene and how it's so important that we date with self-love so we don't ruin our own self-love, how to create, you know, amazing habits that truly stick with you for a lifetime so you become your best self, so you can become your inner powerhouse and how to just let go of fear and fully step into you. So every week I'm going to be bringing you different topics that align with that, different interviews with different amazing people. And we're just going to be talking about it and having the best time. So thank you so much for joining in to Just Talking with Steph Island. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Talking. I truly appreciate all your love and support. If you love what you heard today and you want to know more, maybe you're interested in coming to a live event. Maybe you want me to come to one of your events. Maybe you want to do some group coaching, some one-on-one coaching. Maybe you want to mastermind and just come and hang out and bring up some amazing ideas, get some awesome goal setting. Maybe you want to be on my podcast. Maybe you just want to talk to me, whatever it may be. I love to hear from you. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook so you can be in the know of everything that's going on with power house and with me, you can follow at Steph Iliff, S-T-E-F-I-L-I-F-F. You can also check out my website at www.findyourinnerpowerhouse.com or you can go ahead and send me an email on my website or message me on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and just hear from you and support you and show you all the love and support that you show me. Thank you so much for tuning into Just Talking. Have the best day of your life. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking Today. I'm so excited to bring to you Julia. She's just so amazing, and she's so beautiful. I follow her on Instagram, so if you guys don't follow her, I'll make sure everything's linked up so you guys can follow her. But today, we're going to talk about her amazing and beautiful journey um, going through an eating disorder, through depression, through just finding self-love through that and pushing herself through it. So... First off, thank you so much for being here today. Thank I appreciate you for having you. me. Yes. I'm so happy to be here. It's seriously an honor. No, thank you. Yeah. Like you gave me chills. I feel like you're famous because oh. <laughs> I'm like a secret celebrity crush of yours. I love it. Thank you. Because I found Steph through Instagram. You're so cute. I literally was just like finding inspirational women and I, I found her. Well, thank you. I feel like I'm inspired by you daily too. So thank you oh, so much thanks. for being here. <laughs> you are. Um, so I just want to kind of talk to our audience today a little bit about really eating, binge eating and what that really is, what that was like for you, how you've suffered from that, what your journey has been through that. Um, so if you can kind of give us a little backstory for on you and like what your binge eating was like and how you suffered from that and kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, Suffering is definitely, like, a harsh word, I think, when everyone hears it, Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what it was. Like, I literally felt like some days, like, I couldn't even speak how I was feeling. I couldn't really think how I was feeling. Um, I, like, was always anxious because I was so worried about, oh, my gosh, what am I going to eat today? Like, where am I going to eat? Because I've actually always had stomach issues since I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, I was colic and like acid reflux and like all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like I've always like been sensitive to a lot of different foods. And so like that's another thing that kind of started my whole like 
health issues and then going into an eating disorder because I got so frustrated. I kept like gaining weight and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like working out. I'm eating healthy as I thought and healthy is in quotations because I didn't really understand what healthy was, but I thought I was eating healthy. Um, and I was always active. Like I grew up dancing since I was three years old, um, gymnastics and, um, yeah, dancing and cheer and like active, got my first gym membership when I was 14. Yeah. So I've been like in that whole like health, fitness, active world. In that realm. Totally. Yeah. But then... Do you feel like that affected you in any way of, like, holding yourself to a certain standard of what you felt like your body had to look like? Or, okay, I have to always fit yeah. into this type of size, or I can only weigh this number. Did that have any effect on you and, like, with your binge eating and stuff like that, too? Yeah, most definitely. That's, like, honestly what started it. Yeah. So, um, like, the triggers of, like, me being sensitive to a lot of foods was kind of just, like, the back of it. But the main like mental and emotional trigger was me wanting to fit in with like the physical appearances of my peers for dancing and cheerleading. Um, no one would notice in high school because I hit it very, very well. Like my friend, he has a podcast actually, and I was going to do an interview for his podcast. So we talked a little bit a few years ago and he was like, Julia, I had no idea. Yeah. And I think that's pretty common. Don't you think a lot of people aren't actually aware of who's really suffering from the actual disorder, whether that be through food addiction or alcoholism or drugs or whatever, like most people hide it pretty well, they think, or at least to a certain point we can hide it and we can put on this face of like, everything's fine. It's perfect. And like, it's going to be good. It's it's the illusion. Right. Because... And celebrities do it as well. Oh, totally. Like you think, you look at Instagram and you see these perfect pictures of the Kardashians or of beautiful models and, or even these bloggers nowadays that they try to show all the good, which is awesome. Like I'm happy for them. Like I'm not a jealous person, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but like what's mentally going on? Mm -hmm. What's physically going on? What's emotionally going on? Yes. No one's going to come out with, hey, look, I've su- suffered with a drug addiction or with an eating disorder my whole life. But actually, people are finally realizing, okay, let's all come together as a Yes. Let's all come together. Yes. Let's all, like, work as a team because we're all just trying to do this shitty thing that's really hard called life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But actually, it's beautiful. It is, but it's also, it is really hard, though, too. And, like, I think that's what, just what you're saying is like being able to be vulnerable enough to actually talk about what's really going on. That's what needs to happen constantly because every single person is going through something at some point in time of their life, Uh but we're, we are so afraid to actually talk about it because we're going to be maybe judged by it or compared or like, Oh, even me and you were kind of talking about this earlier, but it's like, people are so afraid to even say they have a therapist or they're going to therapy or anything like that. But it's like, no, like that's empowering. That shows me that you care about you and you're working on you and you want to heal and you want to deal with what's going on. And it's, we don't have to live in this illusion of like everything's perfect because it's not, and it doesn't, there's not always rainbows and butterflies and it's okay to talk about that too. Mm -hmm. And like find the gift in all of that, you know? Oh yeah. Most definitely. I was a caterpillar like the past year for sure. Cause that's the other thing. It's like, I'm sitting here talking with you about my past struggles, about my binge eating disorder, like which led to anxiety and depression and like 
getting on antidepressants yeah. and then having to go to like an eating disorder specialist and um, a food therapist and also going to um, different like seminars and counseling and then you know it's just it's been a lot like and I could have taken that and been like there's something wrong with me like which I did at first yeah. like I sat in the parking lot my first counseling appointment and I'm like I'm not a counselor totally and I was so sad and I'm like oh my gosh no one's ever gonna like me I was in college I'm like I'm, I'm so messed up like all these guys are gonna not gonna like me and I was just so self-sabotaging yeah. and I was like then I take out all my like insecurities on my sister who bless her soul like she's amazing she literally was like my second mom in college which then I finally grew up so now we help <laughs> each other <laughs> did we ever really grow up though I feel like I'm still like mom mom help me I know me too I call my mom all the time totally but it's good we have family union yeah so I I just so you've had a journey. So you kind of, I want to kind of bring it back a little bit to like your competitive dancer. And yes. so you even tried out to being on the jazz dancing squad mm -hmm. and like, you're just like this and you teach dance, like you're, you're just awesome. And you're Thank beautiful you. with that and everything. And like, and you have understand all that. So I want to kind of bring that into how that kind of made you feel like you had to be in a certain body type where you had mm -hmm. to look like a certain way and then how that brought on like the anxiety. And then Really, if you kind of talk about like your last year, like I love how you said like a butterfly, like you kind of were a little cocoon and finding you yeah. and what your journey was of that, of like really, okay, here's what my disorder is. Here's how I can heal from it. And what that look like for you, if you could kind of bring that together. Totally. Cool. That, that's like my favorite thing to talk about now. I it, love it. It used to be something I was ashamed to talk about. Mm. Um, but yeah, finding that self-love has helped me accept my past. I love it and live in the present and not worry about the future um that's what tends to lead to a lot of anxiety yeah like dwelling on my past because like there's a lot of things that I'm like well maybe if I did that different or maybe if I did that you know because having that eating disorder since I was 14 years old literally effed up my metabolism oh for sure so um and my stomach issues did not get better yeah um but yeah the pressures of dance and cheerleading world. Um, a lot of my dancers won't know this that I teach because I don't want it to go into it with them because they're totally. so young still. But I like I developed an eating disorder in the dance world when I was 14 years old, 14, 15 ish. Yeah. Um, so I was like a sophomore, junior in college, yeah. or and not in high school. Like you really went to college early. Get it, girl. Hey. <laughs> in high school yeah this started in high school pressures of cheer were awful girls were bullies girls were mean um they know who they are and <laughs> some have actually apologized to me That's and awesome. are super nice now um I wasn't perfect either like girl like we were in high school well, and girls are just so rude growing up and that's one thing that I'm currently on a mission on is just changing like how women perceive each other and yeah. how girls see each other and how we don't have to put that constant comparison or judgment or but, and it's also like just learning that emotional intelligence, if we can teach that sooner, like how beautiful that could be. But oh, yeah. until then, like we're still working on changing that. But I think that's a, a beautiful, like a fair point is that because we take on what people say to us or like these little bullying moments or whatever it is, and we make up these stories in our mind from that, 
of what we have to be or how we have to show up. And would you feel like that was anything that ever happened to you where you're like, oh, that's one girl made fun of me. And so now I have to go lose five pounds or like, oh, yeah. and how would, how did that affect you with your binge eating? Like what, what did that look like for you? Oh yeah. That was like such a trigger point. So I didn't realize it was a trigger point yeah. until like a couple years ago, actually. So, um, yeah, like if someone would say something mean to me or I would, or I was just very sensitive to, yeah. or I would take it personal and they didn't mean for it to be personal. Right. Um, some of them were personal, but there was a lot that went on in high school and then college with just trying to, I mean, auditions there, it's literally you're in competition. Mm -hmm. So you have to be in competition, some extension. Totally. Um, but some girls might try to psych you out and be like, oh, really? You think that you can be here? Like, yeah. And do stuff like that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then when you don't make it, it mentally, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to like eat for like ever. Like, what the heck? Like we would punish ourselves. Like, did you I, ever, do you ever punish yourself or yeah. did you used to in the past with like food or like, okay, because you ate this or you got triggered or whatever, or you didn't make it. Okay. Well now you can't eat for five days or, mm -hmm. or you would go eat two pizzas and oh, then yeah. be like, now I can't eat for a week. Like, tell me, like, I want to understand Literally, like, what did that look like? Okay. I'll let you understand the audition world for professional dancing. Okay. Perfect. So, um, obviously like you want to function at your best and look your best. So like anybody in the fitness and dance or just like general health, yeah. you have to, you know, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. So I was in a severe calorie deficit. Um, my second year of auditions okay. for Utah jazz, I like finally like felt my four pack. I was like, like yeah, damn, I look good. Yes. <laughs> but then, um, and like all my friends too, we're all dieting hardcore together. We were doing boot camp. We were working out two to three times a day. I was like, all you live for. Oh, that's that all I did. I didn't have a job because training that for, was your job. Training for Utah jazz was my job. Yeah. I wanted to make it so bad. I literally like put everything into it because I auditioned the year before. I made it to top 30. So I was only cut with 10 girls. Awesome. And so they're like, come back next year. Like, just like work really hard. Just, you know, like work really hard. And like, okay, work really hard means lose weight and look better because mm. I've always struggled. I'm shorter. I'm like 4'11 and a half slash five feet. <laughs> I love you. Like, you know that you're a short girl if you say the half part because like oh, I always I'm like five two and a quarter and you will give me that quarter for the love of God because it's like you have earned that so I love that you say that four, oh yeah the doctor's office is like you're four eleven and a half oh, kind of three quarters and I'm like oh my gosh I'm just gonna put five foot flat everywhere yeah, I love because it. it's so hard to explain like when people ask you that but totally. anyways yeah long story short about that so I am um, so you're with the jazz you're yeah, now it's the second year. They're like, okay, you come back, but you need to work on some stuff. And so in your head, you're like, oh, that means I have to go lose weight. Yeah, because I knew I And did they really say that to you? Or do you think like that's the story we tell ourselves out of this? Um, or kind no, of both? professional dancers, you you do have to keep track of it. Uh, they do measure you. They do weigh you. Okay. Um, I do not know if the Utah Jazz does that. Gotcha. But in the professional dance world, um, that's what do you feel? I want to just ask your opinion. What do you feel like for people who struggle with binge eating and stuff about weighing themselves often? What's your mm -hmm. kind of mindset on that? It's mentally abusive. I love that. Um, and why would you say that? And it's emotionally too, because the scale doesn't always tell the whole story. Yes. I finally learned this being a fitness professional. Now you will lose inches. Muscle actually weighs more than fat. Right. 
Um, and like, you can lose weight, like literally, and you can't tell from the weight on the scale. Mm -hmm. So I finally noticed that, um, with starting weight training and building muscle, yep. I was like, dang, like, why am I still this weight? It's like, oh, because I'm squatting 175 pounds. That's yeah. insane. Which is my, awesome. Yeah, it's insane for my height. But like, that's why I'm just like, and there's so many non-scale victories. That's like what I finally have realized because I, I still have, I'm hard on myself. Yeah. It's a, it's um, I like to say it's like a wave. It comes and goes. Right. Like it touches the shore and then it comes mm. back and it touches the shore. Right. But well, because it really is an addiction. I think that's something that people need to be aware of and understand is that just because you're healing from it or have healed from it, it's still a constant battle. Yeah. Just like any other addiction that you're still always going to be triggered at some point. There's always something you're going to have to face. And I think food is one of the hardest addictions for people because food is everywhere. Mm. And food is at every event. It's at every party. It's everybody wants to meet up to go to dinner. Yeah. Everybody wants to meet up to go get coffee. Everybody wants. And so in our heads, we're thinking like, well, shit, what, what can I eat there? What can I do? Am I going to be stressed out? Am I even going to be present? Or am I going to be in my head the whole time thinking about this food and how I have to go burn it off? Or yeah. can I really eat this or whatever, right? And I used to be there mentally. Yeah. I used to decline going out mm -hmm. um, and or going on dates because I was so focused on like my physical appearance. I didn't want to live my life to the fullest. Like, especially during the preparation for Utah Jazz. Yeah. Or preparation for competition to totally. high school. I know I keep moving topics of that, but I would love to get back to like, because I, I think your jazz story is incredible. Yeah. That. So you trying out and the tryout doesn't go as you plan, right? So what happens at this tryout? Um, so I was doing a big kick. It's called a Batma kick. If okay. you are a dancer, you will know. And um, my ankle was on four starch and my ankle snapped out to the left and I fell. And luckily I didn't break my ankle, but it was kind of worse than a break because it was a high ankle sprain. Kobe Bryant has had one if you want to Google it. But basically you're like Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> With injuries. Yes. yes. Um, but you're almost as tall as him too. So oh my high. gosh. Yeah. And I could jump as high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duncan. But no, I, my ankle's still a little messed up. Um, that happened summer 2015. I was so devastated like I'm like are you kidding me like I have worked my ass off since I was three years old literally yeah. to get here and, and why you set yourself through this excruciating pain to get your four your four pack you're not you're in calorie <laughs> deficit and in your head like and so you had come back this is your second time coming back to the jazz and yeah. they, the first time in your head you're like okay I have to lose weight or else I can't come like they're not gonna walk yeah me. so you're doing all this stuff in your head and then you sprain your ankle or not spray your ankle so how do you say what would I say is that breaking it fracturing it it was a high ankle sprain a high ankle sprain okay and so now everything you've worked for up to the time that you're three years old is gone yeah. how how does this affect you what happens what takes place from here what's the story you're telling yourself well it was interesting because just to give everyone a perception of how weight and food is such a big issue for dancers mm -hmm. and you will see a lot of dancers and gymnasts who have eating disorders oh absolutely so i try to stress to all of my dancers that i teach self-love mm -hmm. um sometimes we'll do like a little meditation at the end and like hold your heart and like tell yourself like three good qualities about yourself and then just like that. yeah so but to get back on track with that one of the comments one of my friends made to me was like, Julia, you're so lucky you didn't make it. You can go eat now. 
and I was like, girlfriend, I'm gonna go eat. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally couldn't walk. I had to be in a wheelchair and then I had to be on crutches and like when I went shopping, I had the little scoop. Oh my scoop. god, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I borrowed it from a veteran friend. So I literally couldn't put any pressure. I couldn't walk. Wow. So my dad had to reteach me how to walk. I had to go home to Las Vegas. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything for about like five months. Wow. I was out, and I was. In and that also takes a toll on you too with depression, right? Because you're so used to being so active. You've yeah. been active your whole life. Oh yeah. And so then not being able to use your body and the way that you want and then you're dealing with the depression of not getting what you've worked your whole life on and then you still and you, you still have this binge eating disorder that we're still processing yeah. and dealing with so yeah. where what happens now so now you're in vegas you're with your family so i was so scared that i was gonna put on all the weight but mm -hmm. then i started to get depressed because i'm like well what's the point like i can't even dance what if i can't even dance ever again like yeah. so my ankle was so messed up and they're like yeah it's gonna take a lot of therapy to get it back like and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so sad. Um, I had just graduated college, so I thought professional dancing was going to be my career. Yeah. Because like all my dreams were crushed. Makes me want to cry just talking about it. But putting myself back in that state, um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to let it destroy me. Like I was trying to be strong. But like that's what happens. Like when you go through something, like you're in the denial phase at first. Yeah. Because it hits you, you're in shock, you're in denial. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I started to go into depression and I would eat a whole tub of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'd feel guilty and I'm like, well, shit, I can't even walk. Yeah. How am I supposed to burn these calories? Because when you have an eating disorder, they tell you in therapy, like, do not go and exercise to deplete or punish your body. Yep. Like if you eat 200 calories, don't go say, I got to burn 200 calories. Oh, totally. Cause, and so I'm like, okay, that's, but that's like when you're in that cycle, it's what you learn. That's how you justify yeah. it. Right. Like, and that's how I binge too, is I'm like, Oh, well, I'll eat this whole pizza, but I'll go work out for four hours. Like yeah. no problem. Well, yeah. And then, <laughs> but it's like so dumb yeah. and instead of, or I just would not eat for a week or I punish myself or Same. like, okay, you can only have chicken and rice. Now you can only have chicken and broccoli. Like I would literally, and I would discipline myself all the time, like yeah. rather than just learn how to love myself and find actual self-discipline mm -hmm. and, and find enough. joy in yeah. actually eating and like joy in nutritious foods and yes. how they make you feel versus binging and then feeling like you have a hangover the next morning and you really do you get like legit puffy you get hungover yeah. from it like your body hurts and you're like your stomach okay your stomach hurts so yeah. anybody that's had an eating disorder you really mess with your metabolism yes you mess with your organs your gut health is out of control yeah. oh yeah Oh yeah. Like the, the gut brain, like I love learning about that and I don't, I want to learn more and more about that because I think it's so powerful. Like mm, yeah. what that, especially from having previous disorders like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm so passionate about the gut brain connection. I actually spoke at FitCon 2018 that. on that. Um, and so I totally like have a whole slideshow of that, but it's super interesting. It's so relevant. And even though I've I knew the gut brain connection and I, yeah. I knew these things after I was healed from my eating disorder, like last year, Yeah, I still like struggled. And, and how would you say you healed yourself from your disorder? So we kind of skipped over that. How would you, how did you kind of go through that? Um, so I had to set my pride aside. I had to 
I didn't want to go to counseling or therapy. I felt like, no, I can handle this. I'm fine. Cause like majority of the time I would eat normal, mm -hmm. but then it was so psychological because I would stress about like my family would be like, okay, we're going to go to dinner here. And I'd be like, no, I can't. And they're like, why? And I'm like, cause it hurts my stomach. Like I didn't ever want to admit that I literally was like obsessive compulsive about like finding healthy options. Yeah. But then I would like, so did your family know that you had a disorder or it was like totally hidden from so the world? I, I hid it from the world and everybody for about four years. Okay. So it was like, it was scary because yeah. like we were even on vacation in Hawaii and I felt guilty about ice cream. So I go throw it up mm -hmm. and then like, I, so I was more, like, binge and then, like, bulimic. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I didn't like the anorexic thing. I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Same. I'm like, I'm going to have to try some food. I can't. Yeah. My family's in the food business, so there's always yummy things. Traveling the world, there's lots of yummy things. Right. So then I'd just be like, okay, it's easy to throw up. So then it jacked up my metabolism. I, so, like. Once I finally, like, admitted to my parents, because, like, I was so sick in the head, and, like, my body was sick, yeah. I, like, I broke down one summer, and I told them, and they're, like, okay, well, you're gonna move home this summer, we're gonna get you the help you need, like, focus on yourself, like, and so I did a lot of, like, self-healing, I wasn't dating, I was just focused on me, and I did that for three summers in college, and I'd come home every summer, but my parents wanted me to come home anyways, and so did I. Like, yeah, just chill and hang out in the pool. Like, not sounds do, like life. I would be okay with that. Too. Not do summer classes. Um, so I really started to heal myself in college. My healing began summer 2013 okay. or 2014. And for the timeline, so where is this after the jazz? Tryouts? This is before the jazz trials. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, I got healing. Um, cause I started my eating disorder when I was 14. Okay. So like, if you think about it, I auditioned for the Utah jazz that last year when I was pretty much fully healed from my eating disorder, but still I was not practicing healthy habits. So that's why I there was still that belief in your head though, yeah. right? So like you were healed maybe from not binging so much, but would you really say you were healed because you talked about, well, I have to weigh this certain amount. I have to look this way. I have yeah. to look this part, right? Well, like at Jazz Boot Camp, we literally, like the first day we took measurements and weight, like we took our weight, our measurements with the measuring tape. And then like they had a seminar um, about like eating healthy for weight loss, which is fine. But like for me, like, was that all like, so did that trigger you at all? Did that yeah. Because the, the way you just said it, like I felt like your anxiety, like re going back to that moment mm -hmm. of like, oh, someone's gonna measure me, someone's gonna weigh me, someone's gonna do all this. Yeah. And for me, when um I was pregnant and you have to get weighed every week when you're pregnant, yeah, literally was the worst thing in my entire life for me because I I was still going through like my my mental disorder of my food addiction, right, and like all this stuff and. So being weighed constantly to me was like 
the worst, I would have more anxiety going to the doctor's appointment about that I was going to have to get weighed than anything else. Like I should have been worried, like, is my baby okay? Is my baby safe? Right. But in my head, I'm like, Oh, someone's going to weigh me. Like, Oh God, someone's going to know what I weigh. And so I, I, I'm curious for you, like, did that bring any anxiety or trigger you in any way with going back to like, Oh, okay, I can't eat, or this is how I'm going to take care of my body or like, what, what, what would that look like? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, well, that actually started before jazz okay. um, auditions. I, in high school, all of us girls, we were 14, 15, 16 years old. We got threatened to be weighed and measured by our dance coach. Uh-uh. Literally, like, we are growing children. Yeah. Okay. So, and you're starting your period. Oh, yeah. So you're going to gain weight, and you're growing boobs. <laughs> you're, you're going through puberty, so yeah. you're just a shit show anyways. Yeah, like, acne, braces, yeah. like, what the hell, now you're going to put me on a scale? Yeah, right. So it was really frustrating. Um, yeah, I had some very awful things that really spiraled me into eating disorder. Yeah. Like, my dance coach made me take off my shirt in front of everybody because we were supposed to be in a sports bra and booty shorts, which is fine, but I didn't feel good that day because I had just binged the day before. Mm-hmm. And I was super bloated because on Mondays I told myself I wasn't going to eat all day because that was our, um, our night we had to wear sports bras. Uh, so like Sunday night I would binge, I'd like eat everything. To make yourself feel okay to not eat all day Monday. Yeah. To make myself full. So I'd have enough calories like stored in my body to like function at school and everything. Like I was so busy in high school. And so, um, yeah, that literally was so hard. Like taking my shirt off in front of people that I went to high school with, not just like kids at dance. So then these people at high school, they hung out with other people and like, Oh my gosh, what are they saying about me? What do they think about me? Like, this is so embarrassing. Like they're just going to think I'm this and that. And then like, I got kicked out of a dance one time because I didn't look the part. I, this was when I was 14 years old, so. So at this time, you're 14 years old, you're developing all these stories, too, that saying, like, oh, I'm not worth it, I'm not enough, I, my body has to look like this constantly, it has to be in this peak state, like, yeah, of course, that, how you, I totally get that. And I was never the skinniest growing up, like, just like in your first podcast, yeah. You were like, I constantly thought I was fat. I called myself fat. So, and you look back yeah. at pictures, you're like, what was I thinking? No, really, but in my head, I pictured myself so opposite. Same. Like, I literally had body dysphoria without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many women, and I think this is even men, men who suffer from this a ton too. And in the fitness industry, like, sometimes guys are harder on their bodies than girls are. I swear to God. Like, they're like, yeah. Like when, so I did my show and there'd be so many guys. I'm like, are you, are you competing? He's like, you look so dumb. Like, oh no, like my left, my left shoulder blade, like it, it has so much work. I'm like, your left shoulder blade, what the hell? Like, dude, just get on the stage and go for it, man. It's a true, it's a true story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's because of the pressures of living up to a certain expectation. And I always thought I wanted to do, be a bikini competitor yeah. so I could reach that goal. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to eat like a bikini competitor, but I'm not going to compete. That's yeah. what I did for Utah Jazz. Cool. So like I trained so hard. I was eating a lot of protein. Like yeah. I was still eating like properly because I had to go through my therapy. So like before I auditioned for Utah Jazz, the first year I auditioned was 2014 okay. and then 2015. So I got help in 2013 to 2014 cool. like cool. that was my year of like I read the most amazing book that changed my whole life on 
Love eating disorders. It's called Intuitive Eating. Oh, I love that book. And it then, is like, yes. And then there's one. But then I'm like, but my body is telling me to eat chocolate. Is that okay? I'm like, no, wait, okay, what's it really telling me? Actually, I need water. I'm really tired. Like, I like it helps you to, to check in yeah. with yourself, you know? And like, ask yeah. yourself. And that. it talks about like, there's no food police. Like, yeah. I re- literally have things written down in my phone. So if I ever start to go back to like a binge eating mindset, because like, when life gets hard, like sometimes you do that or it right. feel like, it's like your stress trigger with it. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, it's an addiction. So right. it's like, you know, when people have hard things in their life, sometimes they'll go back to addictions right. and it's just mentally how we function. Yeah. So being able I to- think that's what's hard about food addictions too, is because it's readily, it's everywhere. And same with alcohol because it's, they're not illegal. They're everywhere you go, and yeah. they're around you in any environment constantly. Yeah, yeah. I like – I never thought about what you said about how food is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was scary, like, to go places. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be food. I can't go. Right. Like – Well, and so, and like you said, like, you'll decline offers to go out and do stuff because you're like, well, what are people going to think about it? Or yeah. how are they going to – or, like, even, like, with dating and stuff, right? Like, um, for me, that's still something that I still work on is, like – feeling 100% comfortable eating in front of a guy. Like, it's still something that is a constant process that I still have to be aware of and work on. Because for whatever, from ever since I was a kid, I felt like I couldn't, like I was being judged by that all the time. So I finally got over that. And a way that I got over that is um, I actually went to a food seminar I had to go to. Like, they made me go for therapy. Yeah. You bring a lunch and you had to eat it in front of everybody and talk about why you liked it and take small bites and be very mindful, but it was with girls. So then getting over the whole guy factor, because I have dated a ton. I've gone on a ton of first, second, third dates. You go to dinner. Yeah. So I used to be like that too. I'd be like super self-conscious. I would order like a salad and I'd be like okay, I don't want to eat the whole thing because I don't want him to think I'm a fatty. Yeah, right. And then I'd like still be hungry. So um, how- You're getting fries when I'm home. You're like, fuck that. I didn't need some french fries. I'm yeah. getting this. Yeah, no, totally. Exactly. So I've been there, done that. So I finally have gotten over that. It took me a while. Okay. Um, Yeah, even with like when I had a boyfriend, like for a year yeah. when I was 21, he had no idea. Like, well, he did actually. He knew about. So he'd be very like sensitive. So that's like, I think being open and aware and honest will help you because dating is hard and you like care about what the guy thinks, obviously. Like that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like you care, like everyone cares about what people think about them in a, in a degree. Yeah. Like we care to present ourselves, you know, as a good person and we want people to like us. Everyone wants to be liked and to love. Like, human nature we crave love Absolutely. we need it yeah and so but yeah getting over that definitely maybe like we should read the intuitive book again okay let's do it because like I'm sure there's something about how to not be self-conscious around guys with I like eating. yeah <laughs> I used to be like that though so it's there's so many struggles that comes with eating disorders um and in college, I took a class on eating disorders, and I learned a lot. But I'm like, I know this, I know this, I know this, you know. Yeah, totally. But you actually learn more of, like, the psych- how it affects you psychologically once you heal from it. Yeah. And how it's always a part of you. And my therapist told me, she's like, well, you're diagnosed with um, binge eating disorder, anore- or bulimic, and um, 
body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. however you say that. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, okay, so when can I not be diagnosed? <laughs> so when do I, when, when do I get cured? How does this work? And she's like, you're always diagnosed once you're diagnosed. And that really pissed me off because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm going to get over this. Yeah. So I tell people now, like, I have had that, but like, I'm healed. I love that. You know, cause I'm like, I'm not going to say like, because you're not being, you're not sitting in the suffering of it anymore. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I feel like that's yeah. where the freedom is, is that it's like, you know what? I'm not allowing this to control my life or to be suffering from it anymore. I'm choosing to take my power back from this and be aware of it and then learn the tools that I need to apply to overcome this every single day. Mm-hmm. And how, what was your process of, of overcoming that? So I like for overcoming the whole entire eating disorder. Yeah. So obviously getting help, um, not being afraid to put yourself in the help zone. And asking for help and talking about it and like being yeah. aware, like, yeah, I do have this, I need to deal with it. Yeah, because even though you think you can deal with it on your own and, and like even if it's just a little thing, like you're like, okay, like I only throw up when I do this or I only do this a couple times, like it can spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. Like at first, like I just felt bad about myself after dance one day. And so like I binged and then I threw up and then I'm like, next week I was like, I'm gonna try it again. And then the next week and then the next day and then the next month and then the next year. And then it was just, I had to finally open up and tell my parents. I felt like I was living in like this trap, dark hole. Yeah. And it led me into depression and really negative self-thinking like I told myself I was fat constantly I told myself I was ugly if you look back at pictures of me in high school I was no none of those things but I believed it right and I was so mean to myself and so I finally um got help I went and got professional therapy because like you said like you have tools in your toolbox yeah and as you grow and you have experiences, you learn and you develop tools. And these people that are supposed to help you, they're mm-hmm. trained to help you. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that. And I finally was like, okay, fine, I'll go. Like my mom, she actually found the counselor and helped me. And I was like 20 years old. Yeah. Like, I was like 19 or 20 when I got help. And I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like, why is my mom helping me? Like, I'm in college. Yeah. Um, so I got therapy. I went to counseling every week. Um, she had me read chapters in the intuitive eating book. Um, I also sought out resources, um, just people who were powerful, inspiring. Oh, yeah. I would like do anything I could, but a part of me was like, I lacked motivation as well. So I was so lucky that I had an awesome father and an awesome mother and siblings. Yeah, that like, like a support system. Yeah, having a support system. And it doesn't have to be family. Like if you don't have a supporting family, there's friends. That's yeah. why you have friends and you make connections. If you don't have a lot of friends, there's YouTube videos and there's podcasts like us, yeah. right? Yes, exactly, to learn from. Yeah, because like I isolated myself a lot. When you have an eating disorder, you isolate yourself mm-hmm. and you also think everyone's about to get you and you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so like I would not go to a lot of social events, like a little bit in college and high school. And then a lot of people thought I was mean and like they wouldn't invite me because I wouldn't be cool. I don't know. It was just like, no, I get it. Dumb things. Yeah. So 
I felt alone a lot, especially in college. I didn't have a boyfriend. A lot of my friends were getting married and I was just like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> well, and I, something you said about that too, on one of your posts, you said that your behavior was all self-inflicted and self-created. And I love that you talked about that. And you said that gratitude helped you change you. And then you were able to find the joy that you found you. And I think that's part of that too, right? Is like that process. And it's beautifully written. You guys have to go check out her post about that. But like, so finding that self about that self worth really does help change that. You yeah. Know? And that self value, because when you are in the sabotage behavior, it's, it is a, it's a cycle. It's constantly telling yourself you're not worth it. You're not enough. I can't do this. Like, and then so that depresses you. It puts you in anxiety and that even, and that did, you were depressed for a year, like trying to just get yourself going and find that motivation and do it. Yeah. But you did that. And I, I love for you to explain that to our audience about how you, what the, like, what steps or tools would you give them to put in their tool belt, their toolbox today? And if you were to give them three steps, maybe what three steps would you tell them to do? You've already kind of mentioned like going and getting help, finding support, talking about it, being let your ego go and like be vulnerable enough to talk about what's really going on. And what would be some other suggestions or what are, what are things that you do daily now to help keep you in the mindset that you are in? Cause I think it is still a day to day battle. I would say, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Like some nights I'll not be like having a good night and I'll eat a whole pint of ice cream. Yeah. Like same. We did that last night. I know. Well, like just, we talked about it. I'm like, so I actually saw sometimes last night, ate a whole pint of ice cream. No big deal. Guys, my, my stomach hurts today. We're all human. And you want to know what, like when you're talking about like the shirt and stuff and like that, I was like, I didn't, I realized too today. I'm like, where, normally I would just wear a sports bra and I wore, I put a whole shirt on. I'm like, damn it. Didn't even realize you were so even in that. Like, is, isn't it? It's like the craziest cycle, but it's, like it's being human enough to say I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes regardless of that. Right. And for the journey. And then it's making sure that even if you fall off, you jump right back on. I think it's, that's the gift of you being here today is it's helping me realize that and seeing yeah. that just in that same pattern of behavior. You know? So Good. bless you for like being oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you just are so powerful and inspiring. I'm like, she doesn't need any help. She oh, got, she got this. Girl, we all need help all the time. She's powerhouse. Yes. I love it. <laughs> but, um, we all need help. Yeah. And like, so things that I've done the past couple years to help me stay on track. Um, because I only went to therapy and nutritional counseling for about six months in okay. college. And then after that, I found some amazing- And you teach nutrition now for yeah. our audience to hear. So like you guys want to learn about nutrition and like learn about your disorders and like that. Like you, she helps people with that and the, like the mindset behind that too. Yeah. So I am not like a certified eating disorder coach, but I definitely help people with that scope. Because yeah, um, like I am certified nutrition coach and personal trainer and then I've been through it so I can relate and yeah. be like, come on, girl, I got you. Um, so I, I love to help people because it's so hard doing it alone. Like if you can just find a support system to pull you out of it. I love that. Um, you have to force yourself sometimes to do it. Um, and get out of, like you're going to have to be uncomfortable. You're just going to oh, have to be uncomfortable. I even was uncomfortable reading a book. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to read this. Okay. I don't want to read this. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, like, literally, my nutrition therapist, she had me read a chapter a week, and then we'd have to talk about it. And I am so glad she had me read that book, because it saved my life. Mm, literally, that. like, I could have put myself in the hospital. I could have jacked up my metabolism more. I could have starved myself to death. Like, it was so, like, bad, you know? And yeah. mentally, I could have had a lot more issues if I didn't stop what I was doing with my 
teeth, with my skin, yeah. with everything. But anyways, so to get to the point, everyone listening and Steph and myself, because this helps me too. Yes, I love it. Um, reading inspirational books love it. helped me. Like I would go down the self-help book aisle in college yes and I would just like look at all the books and be like okay what speaks to me like you don't have to go out and buy a ton of books literally go in the bookstore and go and like look at like just a couple passages totally. just to and if you don't have access to go to the bookstore look on your phone on Instagram and pull up some amazing quotes absolutely or even like the library you can even check out a it's free go hang out in the library yeah like anything. exactly or Barnes and Noble you can literally just sit in there and that's what free. I yeah so that's I mean what I, I do it all the time <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what I would do. I would go sit in Barnes and Noble and I would read. And um also journaling. Mm, yes, journaling is oh so Oh my powerful. gosh. So, so I powerful. have filled up and she's so cute. She brought her journals and stuff here. Oh, yeah. We've totally jammed out earlier. We're like, oh my god, yes, yes. All I these have things. brought so this is one. Yes. Things. There's like life is simple and then like a couple of my favorite books. Oh yes. The emotion code helps with releasing trapped emotions. It's powerful. You are badass. Yes. <laughs> this is called The Gift of Imperfection. Uh, Brene Brown, girl, she's my spirit animal. So these are three books, but these aren't the eating disorder books, but they do help with that self-love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everything like ties into self-love. Realizing you know? you're amazing because I literally have been so hard on myself my whole life and I finally am actually loving myself and it feels pretty dang good yes <laughs> yeah so um journaling um help support system inspirational affirmations yes. quotes daily nightly lunchtime breakfast mid snack like snack on that fill oh, your I love yeah that. Like, snack on that i like, love that fill your soul yes. and your um your hunger with feeding your soul with inspirational quotes and messages and even like I look back through my journal and I see like how far I've grown <laughs> and it's crazy. And I'm like, and then it makes me feel good about myself. And I love, I know that you do, you do your three things you're grateful for, yep. right? Yeah, I do gratitude, I do intentions, affirmations. I love that. And I do like mind growth and I always meditate. That's and amazing. I do a lot of mirror meditation. Yeah, everyone check out her stories and like I just watch them like a movie. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <You're so cute. laughs> I like watch them over and over and I take screenshots like I'm totally you. your number one fan. Oh, thank you. So, and just writing down your goals and like, so I have this goal. I wrote down this February 2019 when I was like really just not mentally in a good place. This was just last year, you guys. I said to find power ability to change and elevate not only your life, but your world as well. And now that is literally manifesting. Um, <laughs> and like, I just have to write down things like you are beautiful. You are skinny. You will achieve your goals because like, it's reminding yourself yeah. that, right? And like, don't you feel like when you're writing it, like it just heals you and you like really hone in on that? Oh yeah, like when I went through a breakup one time, I wrote in a whole entire journal everything I wanted to say to him. I shut it and I threw it away. Love it. Because he didn't want me. Like we were not good for each other. Yeah. But I was so sad and I didn't want to take it out on him mm -hmm. because it wasn't like his fault, you yeah. know? It wasn't, it just wasn't meant to be. And yeah. That's fine. Like, yeah. And so I've been following a lot of relationship coaches too, because I'm 27 and you tell not married, you feel old when you're in that. You are so perfect <laughs> and it, you don't need to be married yet, girl. Like it, everything's happening for you. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I am solid. So I guess just to end real quick, 
I just want to give one more, unless you Absolutely. have any other no, questions. Please, yeah. So this has also been in my journal. I thought this was really inspirational to end with. So basically like tying in eating disorders and tying in everything. Um, I feel like we can just be so powerful. Um, when we, so this is like a goal I wrote down, break out of collective mind patterns that have kept humanity in bondage to suffering. Live the liberated life in which you no longer inflict suffering on yourself or others. That's so powerful. that's freaking deep. <laughs> but, liberated life, I love it. Yeah, um, cause I felt like I've been in bondage and suffering for a long time. Since I was 14 to about, 24 years old I had the eating disorder yeah so 10 years yeah almost yeah and then I'm 27 now so I've like I'm fully healed like I I mean but I still do sometimes those triggers and things will happen absolutely yeah. so it's a constant thing and yeah so I am just here to help everybody and share my message and because I know what it's like to be in the dark and not feel good about yourself and not be able to get out of bed. Yeah. And so I literally missed half my junior year of high school because I was in bed sick from an eating disorder hangover. And my parents had no idea. And then I actually had stomach issues too, but that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have a lot of episode. Okay. I love it. And thank you so much for just applying those tools and like bringing everything and just being here and being present and being you. Um, how can our listeners find you? What's your Instagram handle? What do you have a website? Like what's the best way for them? Yeah. So my website's on hold right now. Okay. Um, I have an Instagram handle. It's at J life L I F E. B-Y, like by Jules, J-U-L-E-S. So that stands for, J stands for joy in the journey. I love it. And it's like the journey of life. So, and my nickname is Jules. So like my business name is Jules. It's kind of like my other like identity. <laughs> Your alter ego kind of It really thing. is. Yeah. Uh, when I travel, I'm like, I'm Jules because I don't want to give everyone my real name. Yeah, there you go. You never know nowadays. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I'm Julia, aka Jules, and I am so honored to have done this episode with Steph. So thank you so much. Yeah. Really. You're amazing. You guys all check her out, listen to her, watch her. She has awesome inspirational posts constantly. Oh, so do you. And you're the best. Yeah. You're the best. Yay. Well. Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys have any questions, reach out to her. I know she'd love to help you with it, with nutrition, anything like that. So yes. yes. And if you need self-love, just literally go look at her stories. And <laughs> Bless you. She'll help you. Thank you. <laughs> you're the best. Thank you. Bye.